What's up with you? You've been qu- you've been quiet for two days now. Really quiet. I'm just tired. What I'm, are you tired about? I'm trying to do the office, my office, because obviously we're all stuck at home. So I'm trying to make my office nice, but I'm like really bored of doing it, and I just don't want to do it anymore. But I know I've got it because I started it, and I don't want to finish. <laughs> yes, the upstairs of the house is in devastation at the moment. It's devoid. I wouldn't say devastation. Devoid, man. The problem is you don't realise how much stuff's in one room until you move it into the next room. That is the problem. That's the that's easy when you find it. It's when you pull everything apart, like drawers out, and yeah, yeah. then it's like, what? How did I get all this in? And the, the thing is, I'm like, I really want to make more um, storage space in there because you know I hadn't really got very much. So I thought, oh, I know, I'll make a corner cabinet in this weird little like corner space that's in there. And but I've had to try and do it on all the limited supplies that I had already in terms of wood and bits of stuff. And it's like, yeah. I've had to really think hard about how to do it. Yeah, now's <laughs> not the time to really be kind of like starting doing stuff if you don't have the materials. Well, I did try and go and get the materials and you were like, no, you're not allowed to go. It's not wise. <laughs> so I didn't. So I was like, okay, I'll have to do it with all the stuff. It's pretty important that I do that room because... You've got a, you've got a wall that looks uh, like a cow now. Yeah, but I like painted a wall because I wanted to tile it, but I didn't have the resources at my disposal in the garage so I decided I would put little black blobs on it instead maybe you should do uh, like a, a insta story for yeah, I'll sh- I'll, when when it's done eventually it probably won't be till next weekend now oh if you're lucky why, why if I'm lucky because you won't do one next weekend it'll Ooh. be done <laughs> I was burped it'll be done <laughs> <laughs> You feel? Oh, well, I've got it. Once, once that cupboard's in the corner, I've got one more cabinet to build. Luckily, I'd bought all the stuff I, that I needed for the office from Ikea ages ago when I went to get stuff for the other rooms. I thought, fuck it, I'll just buy it all at once. So it's all been sat in there, piled in boxes for ages. And yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, oh, well, I, it's already here. I can do it all. It's just... Do you millions of people it. are doing like DIY now and then losing the will to live because of I like well up. some people love it but I I fucking I, hate it I rapidly lose the will to live whilst well, I'm I want to get it done like a second after I've started it well, I do Just but then it, I get, I get overwhelmed in my mind by the amount yeah you do of work you look at you do. look at the big picture instead of like yeah. a like small localized area of the big job that you need to get done you just look at the whole thing and then I get overwhelmed and I just want to sit you, you're, you're <laughs> overwhelmed <laughs> and stare at like the wall until you get to ninety percent you're like okay it's ten percent to do I'm nearly there I'm nearly there so I've got probably like. Well, the patio's got sawdust on it. It's yeah, got chopped. Right. You got to get all that. Got to get listen, that cleaned you up. You know, right? listen. I could be trying to make you do it all, but no, I get stuck in. I do it all by myself. I drill holes. I put shelves up. <laughs> I make cabinets. I do the painting. I did it all. You've just been sat on the sofa. I've been doing looking things. at the TV. No, I've been doing things. I, it, that's what it looks like I'm doing, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm researching uh, yeah. and editing things. Like, I mean, because this 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 podcast episode is going to be slightly late being uploaded it'll be uploaded tonight sunday night but usually it's saturday friday but um we've there's two more podcasts that i've edited and got ready today to go out as well as this one that we're recording 
and we're probably going to do another one at some point in the next few days. There'll be f- hopefully four, possibly, coming out in the next week. Mm. To keep everybody's isolated ears going. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? The oh, old isolation. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's pretty fucking easy. Stay at home. Yeah, well, because I still work, so it's not like I, you know, I can I can work from home. So I'm still doing my work in the week. So that's not really like an opportunity for me to do anything different other than my normal work. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the last couple of weekends I've been trying to get this my office sort because the thing is at the moment I'm just sat in the front room doing my work, which isn't healthy I don't think for anybody because I then I'm, if I'm doing that all you day every day. You want to do it on a treadmill day, whilst eating salad? N- well, no. If I do it all day every day, like I will get, I'll, 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 I won't be able to separate work from home. That's the problem. So. I've worked before for like months at a time from home and I only didn't lose my mind because I had my office and because my office was such a shithole, I had to sort it out and now I'm like regretting my decision because it's taken me forever. (laughs) Not Well, it's two weekends now. It's not even a big room, is it really? Yeah, but it's just like, because the room was, the room was, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You should come and help me. The room was uh, like in a worse state than I thought. When I took everything out, all the paint had like pe- was peeling off the yeah, walls. So it? I've, it took me day, way more time to prep it than I th- hoped. I thought I could just like slap some a new paint on and it would be. Thanks for the paint, by the way, Rob. You saved my ass with that. Um, yeah, Rob, absent Rob. Robbo, yeah, he got he dropped me. He bless him. He dropped it around and he like hand sanitized the handle <laughs> before he left. <laughs> Can't be too careful. But yeah, I'm taking serious. He is, but yeah, so he's uh, he he got me the paint. But yeah, it's just taken me a bit longer than I thought, to be honest. Doesn't know that all these jobs do though, don't they? You start them and then you're like, oh for fuck's sake, this is taking me forever. I don't like having them finished. I just need to get them done asap. Yeah, well, you, but then you just watch me. Like, yeah, but if I do on. it, you'll be like, no, 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 don't do it like that. Do it like this. You can't say that's not the truth. Yeah, but you could ha- you could have you could have gone like, oh I could come and help you paint or something. I le- I've learned. You just you I've just sit you just sit to. there and watch. Or you, just, or you just or you don't come and help me at all. I've learned to keep away because if I come in and try and paint, you'd be like, don't do it like that, do it like this, and I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. You like it then your way. That's fine. <laughs> have you got any shout outs? You didn't look. No, I didn't look. Neither did I. To be fair, but I had some from last week. Ryan O'Donnell and his mum Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, hi, Ryan and Lorraine. <laughs> and Duncan Sayers is alive. Yay. He's, I think he's, I think you could probably call him the official pandemic survivor number one in the robots camp. He's yeah. had it and he's come out the other side. Did he definitely have it? Did he get tested? Or? Don't think yet. I'm not sure, but it's probably safe to assume yeah. when, Considering when speaking to him, yeah. he's like, this is nothing like I've ever had before and it's completely different. Mm. And uh, yeah. I think a lot of people say that from what I've read that um, that the cough is just like nothing that they've ever experienced before. Like in terms of like what it feels like, the cough, like you can tell it's different. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if you feel like, y- you know, you've not felt that way, it's, it's likely that it's something that you've never yeah, felt before, which is obviously well, what it will be. Is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Hectic stuff. So if anybody wants to know what that actually like and how to get through it and what to look out for, hit Duncan Sayers up and get him on uh, Facebook and all the other social media. I'm sure he'll enjoy talking to random strangers about how to survive deadly diseases. Mm. Um, 
if you want to get us on our social media, you can. That's that's Robots for Eyes podcast pretty much everywhere. Um, I can't think of anything else to say before we get into our episode. Anything else? No. Cross your mind? No. Someone coming off their services to do your office for free? Yeah. As long as you're in a hazmat suit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like... I'm like secretly like wishing Rob would just come around and do it for me, but of course he can't because, you know, he'd be here doing the podcast if he could. Indeed. So damn it, I have to do it. So we've, yeah, Rob's podcast is about 10 minutes long. He did it on his phone, so that'll be out during the week, probably Wednesday or something like that. Just yeah, I mean, questions. obviously, you know, I think everyone will be um, understanding that it's a little bit tricky. Yeah, it's fine. It right sounds now. fine. It's going to be, like, it should be sound. Like for us to be together and I, I'll, I'll definitely try and figure out a way of to link with Rob yeah to link with Rob like so he can like either call in or Zoom or Skype or any of those yeah. things see which one's the best yeah yeah uh, see if we can get a good decent um, quality in the record on his his voice it sounds fine on the phone there's nothing wrong with it I've put it up it's just it just sounds different but it's fine it just sounds different because it's not the same microphone yeah maybe he use. could like he could oh I don't know it's difficult could you maybe stand he outside could, like, and shout maybe you can come round stand outside and we'll give him a microphone yeah yeah just stand, stand on the other side in the freezing cold yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely freezing today as well it was freezing so nice last week and now it's freezing it's grim yeah man. fucking weather alright then should we go on with it yep Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. You ever heard about him? Nope. Have you ever done a murder episode with us? I don't think I have, actually. I'm just trying to think back. Because obviously before I started doing them, full uh, full time. Full time. <laughs> full time. Um, I only did a few, didn't I? I did a couple of like random ones, and I did The Mothman. Yeah, so you're not so done no, a murder? No, I don't think so. Well, this should be an eye-opener for you. Have you listened to any of them before? Probably not. No, no. I must admit, if you're not into serial killers, why would you listen to an um, episode yeah, on serial like, killers? I'm I'm happy to, you know, find out and in information on them, but I wouldn't necessarily go out my way to listen to well, serial to, killers. Today but today I will learn. So Richard Ramirez, I suppose we could call him uh an intravenous cocaine addict that burgled people's houses to fund his drug addiction because yeah, I mean, that's essentially... I don't know if that's what his main goal was, but that's what he was doing. But he was also like a um, a Satan worshipper and obviously a serial killer. And he used to shoot people, bludgeon them to death. He'd rape them, torture them, and also mutilate them. Nice. So you gotta sounds, f- he like, sounds spiffing. And he also practised a spot of necrophilia. Oh, oh, so he pretty much, like, he's got... A, he went and, like, Googled a list of bad things Didn't to Google, do. Didn't Google, mate. It's 1985. And, uh, what? Whatever you do before you Google, what do you do before you Google? <laughs> go 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 on uh, into the library and have a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, looked on the library book. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, decided, you know, what's the worst thing she can do? And he found a list, and he did. He's, a- he's awful. He killed, I think, fourteen people in pretty much one year. Nineteen eighty-five. This was in like a, I think it was about two to three month period or some shit like that. It was pretty pretty rampant when he did, uh, and he didn't have specific types of victims. You know, like some serial killers or some murderers would go for like women or children or whatever. Yeah. Nah, anyone, anyone he wanted. Didn't matter, male or female, young or old. Just, just went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't really... It, it seems like he didn't really plan anything. He didn't really care too much for uh, evidence. 
I just got that impression that this was real, real haphazard, and um, it was just a case of police work catching up with him because they did it so quick. There's obviously going to be a bit of a lag, mm. and they caught up with him pretty quick. Um, he also used his fists. He used his uh, hammers, machetes, guns, a lamp, electricity. Is this to kill people? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His fists. Yep. Just beat people to death, electrocuted them. He's one of the most evil people I've ever read about because like some some serial killers or some like murderers, pe- characters that we've covered in this podcast before, they do like the most crazy evil stuff. But there's they have like um, some instances they'll have a family or they'll look after children. There's a, a shred of sort of decency of humanity in them. But this bloke, it doesn't seem like there's anything there at all. He was just a complete wild card murderer. And he used to pray to the devil for protection before killing one. <laughs> Pray to the devil, Jesus. Yeah, man, full on. Uh, I've got a quote from him. So, um, I've never heard that before. What? Pray to the devil. Isn't that a bit of like a what worship? Pray. Worship. Whatever. Yeah, I was going to say because you pray to God, you don't pray to the devil. What do you do to the devil? Then you quick. You worship the devil. You, people go to to the church on Sundays for Sunday worship. Yeah, but it's it's. Oh no, I don't know. Maybe just, I'm wrong. Just had a word with uh, old Lucifer. That's what he did. He had a little, little, tink, little tinkle in his ear. I found this quote from him, and it'll sort of let you know what you're in for. He said, um, "He said one time I told this lady to give me all her money. She she refused, so I cut out her eyes. I would kill someone, take a camera, set up the timer, sit them up next to me, and then take pictures together." <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I know it's it is uh it is pretty crazy. Um, and what we usually do when we do these serial killer pods is like, we have a look at their their sort of uh, their early life, their childhood, and see if there's any anything that could potentially have caused the craziness. Yeah, caused the crazy. Caused the crazy. So we'll have a look in his uh, at his at his childhood. He was born on the 29th of February 1960 in El Paso in Texas, and he was the youngest of five children. Born to Julian and Mercedes Ramirez. <laughs> Julian. What? What's funny about that? What are you laughing? Isn't it? Was that what Julian? Is that like Spanish for Julian? Julian. Julian, yeah. Yeah. Mercedes. Oh my God. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, look at you. You mean a judgy judge She's called Mercedes. I bet she breeds serial I mean, killers. What, like, <laughs> she does. Who, who names the kid after a car? Uh, Mercedes' mum and dad. Yeah, true. I did for a start. Um, they were both Mexican immigrants and they were working really, really crazy, long, mad, hard hours to, to support their five children, which is... Why yeah. did she have five children? Because she just loved the feeling of being pregnant, man. She right, just loved it. I just it. don't get that. Oh, we're really struggling to pay for these three kids. Let's have two more. That'll make it more fun. The um, Julian was a, uh, an abusive father, obviously, beating his, uh, his wife, their mom, and beating all the kids regularly um, and interestingly all of Richard Ramirez's siblings suffered from some form of mental or physical issues ranging from learning difficulties like breathing difficulties to um, to a disease called Collier's disease which apparently causes your bones to grow all like fucked up and deformed which can cause um, you know permanent disability so what so first of all they they were all they decided to have five kids that's fine you, can, have, they you kept, can have five they kids. kept knocking out kids that had ab- 
deformities and abnormalities. <laughs> Clearly your genetics ain't working together. Hang on, there's speculative reasons. That's, I mean, you sound like Hitler there. Your genetics are wrong. You, you know, Not your wrong. Genetics, is their genetics don't mix well? Clearly. Well, it's, there's some speculative reasons as to why that was the case. And at the time when uh, Mercedes was living near El Paso, the United States were conducting atomic bomb testing in the New Mexico desert, right? And the radioactive fallout got blown over El Paso on the reg. Now, we know this happened. This was before the kids were born or she was pregnant with the children. Um, but um, it's believed, or so, some people believe, that being exposed to high levels of radiation could have, I don't know, maybe somehow affected her future pregnancies, maybe fucking up a job, I don't know, which turns the children, I don't know, man, it, but it can't be good. I mean, I don't... Being exposed I mean, yeah, to radioactive like, fallout from atomic weapons. I suppose it depends on the, the uh, level of radioactiveness that she was exposed or they were exposed to because what you're what you're saying is it's changing their dna on a genetic level in order to completely chain com- cause so much so many issues in future pregnancy i understand if she was pregnant at the time it just fucked her up and then she passed that fucked upness onto her kids <laughs> i mean cattle water crops everything like that was contaminated all the time that so they knew it they knew it was a thing and there was another issue which i think is probably uh, more poignant in relation to ramirez's development was that his uh, his mom mercedes when she was pregnant with him worked in a a boot factory mixing chemicals used in like the leather tanning and stuff like a uh, Benzene, xylene, and mash your kid up zine. There was loads of <laughs> there were loads of zines flying around that we know weren't. You're not supposed to you know be around without breathing apparatus. And uh, she she was boss pregnant. Um, and also to make matters worse, when he was born, he suffered your standard issue serial killer head injuries. He suffered his first one when he was two. Now get this, mate. He climbed on a a chest of drawers. Um, that fell back on him, you know, that oh, proper that. comedy YouTube style. And it knocked him out for 15 minutes, right? That's extreme. Knocked that's, a kid out for t- that's two years. Yeah, yeah. UFC fighters get up quicker than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had 40 stitches on his dome when he was two. Um, oh. and, and again, when he was five, he, uh, he got knocked out by a swing in the park. And because of that, he was suffering from epileptic fits until he was, uh, well, we know, we think until he was a teenager. Oh, so, so it wasn't like it was, he had epilepsy for a period of time he doesn't have it complete like for the rest of his life well I, I, he kind of went off the radar a little bit in terms of healthcare. he oh he, okay when he, he was just like fuck it i ain't going in yeah yeah when he was doing what he was doing he wasn't really being like checked out or anything like that um but other than like i suppose the the damage to his frontal lobe um and, and the fits he was a he was a healthy lad hyper aggressive and quick to snap but but otherwise healthy to all intents and purposes. Um, Ramirez, he had mates at school. Mates maybe, I don't know, you'd call them mates. He kept himself to himself. Uh, he was a reasonable student, but just couldn't be asked. basically. Um, he yeah, could, yeah. if he applied, it's not everyone really, that, innit, I suppose. Average intelligence, you can do well at school if you can... If you if you really try hard. If yeah. you're interested in it. The main, main thing is, is boredom. Yeah, yeah. And when you've got two bangs to the head and you're crazy. Crazy. And your mum's huffing, mash your child up zine gases. It ain't going to uh, <laughs> Maybe you're not going to be applying yourself. He did like American football, soccer. Um, more bangs to the head, obviously. Wait, wait, wait. Soccer or Amer- American football? Well, American football, but they call American it soccer. Fo- no. They so call our football soccer. Which so one? Which, the American football is the one with that like rugby-shaped ball. Yeah, I know. Isn't that not what we call them? Isn't that what we call soccer? 
No, we, no, they call our type of football soccer. Fucking Yanks, man. <laughs> American football. So American football is the one where they like. Why do they have? They bang each the other Super on the Bowl heads World all the Champi- time. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why Ramirez is doing it. But why do they have Super Bowl World Champions when everybody that's in that is it the league? I mean, that's completely out of school. No they're shouting at me now, but they're all from America. You can't be the. Isn't that like a domestic champion? Where, where, where was the uh, the national team entry from Fiji? Or, yeah, you know, I mean, it is dom- it's, yeah, it's, it's just domestic, it's isn't domestic. it? It's domestic, all USA states, isn't it? But if our FA Cup over here, Football Association Cup, if that was, we could call that the World Champions, World Championship, and then you can have, like, I don't know, fucking Liverpool as World Champions. Yeah, because I think... Be like, what the fuck? Because, I don't know, I mean, yes, there are countries that... I know there are teams in the UK that do American football, but in in that kind of league, I don't really know if it exists that much outside of the US. I don't think it does. I think it's, like, pretty... Like it's American, because it's, it's quite, it's, it's a very dangerous game. Is the, Super Bowl football? The closest. Is it, w- is it American football or is that? B- that's, b- yeah, Super Bowl is American football, yeah. Is it? <laughs> oh God. Or is that, is, is that? baseball? Is which that is the one baseball? that we saw in New York. We saw baseball, but I. God, that game went on forever. Oh wait, no. Nothing when happened. we watched the Super Bowl. Is that football? Yeah, Yanks Super help Bowl us out. <laughs> Yanks. They'll be like limeys. Yeah, that's, it is, it's football. Yeah, we watched. Yeah, it's like it's, it's it happens, rugby with it pads. happens around my birthday, oh, doesn't it? Like first of February, because when we went to New York, it was on that night. Oh, I don't know. And we Can't watched remember. it for like ten minutes. And like, oh, yeah, they asked them how long the game was, and they said like forty minutes. It went on for three hours because they just kept stopping. But then like, also the that baseball game we went to see in the uh, New York Yankees was like went Must on about, about eight thousand pints. I was like, like when are we going? Pissing it down. Yeah, we had to stop and start. It was like, oh for fuck's sake! It was so hot as well. So there we go. So our little uh, sport rant. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he liked American football, Ramirez, but apparently one, during one game, was at the end or whatever, it doesn't really matter, he collapsed and had a fit, epileptic, just started spazzing out <laughs> on the floor. Coach saw him and was like, you're out. Can't do that no more. Can't risk it for a biscuit. Oh, so he liked playing, not yes. just watch it right. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, right, he loved it. Um, so basically just booted him out of the squad because of the implications of letting him run around with a, with a banged head, hitting his head more. I suppose it's... Uh, not yeah, advisable. that's the thing. It's a very like, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of like banging of domes in there. Yep, yep. I don't think it was a turning point in his life. Um, like it wasn't going to be his career, but it was. It definitely affected him because uh, it was an area of discipline and focus. From my reading, it seems that without that, he started to stray. That mm. was sort of something that potentially kept him grounded. Whether it would have done it for the rest of his life, I don't know. Because being Richard Ramirez and and banging your head. As part of a game, is my cat is constantly attacking us. <laughs> literally, he's literally pulled off my headphones. And so, um, when he was ten, because he's obviously starting to stray from football, he started smoking weed. Um, and uh, a little bit creepy this was. He started sleeping in cemeteries to avoid his dad's violent, abusive attacks. So, why the fuck a cemetery? Peaceful. Yeah. Like not that many people in there, I guess. Quite like you can sleep without being like moved. True. You know, if you like sleep on a park bench or somewhere in the door shop doorway, they're going to be like, sling your rook. Yeah, maybe. You, you walk through a cemetery, it's pretty like. I suppose we're looking at this in, in hindsight. Once you get through this story, the story, uh, the knowing that he slept in the cemetery when he was 10, you'll be like, nah, it wasn't because it was peaceful, because he was getting dead people erections, probably. 
<laughs> I suspect. Um, but he was attending Bowie Junior School at the time. And uh, because his older brothers had learning difficulties, they'd get home tutoring. So, like, a teacher would come round to Ramirez's house when his mum and dad were out at work. Did they all have learning difficulties? Yes. Did he, including him? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, he, he had mental issues because he was banged on the dome. and They all had some form of... They weren't right in the dome. <laughs> they got some definite... Swede problems. Swede issues, yeah. Yeah, Swede issues. <laughs> so he'd have this teacher that would come round and just teach him little bits and pieces as much as he could when the parents were at work. Um, and also, <laughs> the teacher would give him a finger or two because he was a child molester. Oh, no. I know, it just gets worse, right? So he's, he's basically got an abusive home life and then usually like kids that have a terrible home life can get go to school for some like safety and escape but this poor kid goes to school and then gets fingered by his fucking teacher as well well we don't know if he got full-on epstein but he definitely saw it yeah he might have been saddled but he he definitely witnessed it happening to his brothers he didn't admit whether it happened to him i suspect it probably did i mean why why wouldn't it why yeah like but it's interesting that you said poor kid at this point because this is what i try and do i try and like not necessarily frame this as a um uh, as an innocent person be turning into a monster. I try and say it as it is. This is what happened to him. And at this point, yeah, you can say poor kid, but there's a point where you're like, motherfucker. Well, but Should yeah, I mean, with a brick when he at was the end of the kid. day, you got, you got to think, this is just a young kid at this point who, yeah, he might have some like behavioural issue, behavioral issues, but he... Is innocent up to a point, really, because at this at this point, because all he's doing totally. is being is living a life of abuse, both at school or f- witnessing it it at school or actually being party to it at school and at home. So there isn't really any respite for this this guy to like, you know, have any kind of normal life. Yep. Like that's not so y- you know. Yes, it's from, I'm guessing, from whatever he's done <laughs> later down the line. At this point, he's just like... Poor kid. Poor kid. At this yeah, point, yeah. poor At kid, yeah. Point, yeah. Something like, to sort of sum it up, his dad's beating him. He's got a child molesting teacher, raping his disabled brothers in front of him and possibly giving him a finger or two. He's got epilepsy. He's got brain injuries. He's taking drugs at 10 years old and he's sleeping in cemeteries to hide from his abusive so sleeping rough basically yeah 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 so in 1972 age 12 um in an effort to keep away from his crazy fucked up abusive life he starts spending time with his elder cousin who's called michael now he had recently come back from vietnam it was like a like a decorated special forces war hero. Everybody loved him. You know what I mean? It's, he's walking around and people are praising him for for his sacrifice and whatnot. And as you'll hear, that Mike, Big Mike, had by far the biggest impact on Ramirez's life, without a shadow of doubt. Because unfortunately, all was not what it seemed with um, with Mike the war hero. He was actually a sadistic psychopath and he was telling Ramirez, bear in mind he's only young, mm. he's, a, he's a young lad trying to get get escape here. He's telling him like fucked up gory war stories about killing innocent people while smoking and drinking with him, giving him drugs. And then it gets worse because he had loads of photos he'd taken from his time in combat and in one sequence of images, Mike can be seen beating and raping a crying and terrified Vietnamese woman. 
And so it's getting progressively worse. And this is, you know, yeah. right in your face. Uh, and the last photo was apparently of, of Mike holding up her severed head, right? Whilst Jesus. his cock was in her mouth by the sounds oh of it. Oh, God. And he'd, so photographs of his cousin practicing necrophilia on a woman that he's killed in, co- in combat. And this is shit that's going into his... And, into an, and an innocent woman as well. Completely so. innocent. Terrified. Yeah. I mean, there were other pictures... You know what I mean? It's 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 crazy, and, and like I'm sort of it's before, obviously pre-internet days. Anyone can see anything on the on the internet these days, and we're all probably slightly desensitized to this kind of stuff because more than likely, whether you want to look look at it or not, you've seen something like that on the internet. But back then, this is you know what I mean. They get a jazz mag from the from the news agents, and it's got this a woman's nipple in that fucking blow his mind. You know, that's the kind of level of exposure to shit he's seen. And then he sees this. Mm. Spin you out, wouldn't it? It would. Especially at that age. Well, he said that he found the picture sexually arousing and it had a, a lasting okay, so impression on his fragile mind. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's that spark, isn't there, there? Like, you've, he, if, he's, if he's seeing things that, have, that are that horrific and he's actually getting something pleasurable yep. off of that, then he's going to think that that's normal going forward. Yeah, some circuits have been crossed in his brain. Yeah, yeah. And he also, Mike also taught him how to kill silently because he'd got like this little worshipper, this little oh, Ramirez. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he taught him how to... It's a bit of a, he's like cult yeah. leader kind of yes. vibe. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh, I've got this little young, impressionable person here that yeah. I can... I can. Uh, well, he's a bloke in his mid twenties hanging around with like a thirteen-year-old, giving him weed and telling well, him war stories. That's all. That's that's all psychopaths do. That shit, don't they? He teach him stealth combat techniques, how to use a gun, and how to fight with a knife. So these are kind of things that I suppose uh, I don't think he was trying to upload it to him, but he was trying to make himself look big because he knew how to do something. Mm. Give him, a, give himself. Mike would give himself a sense of importance, but for R- Ramirez. This, this is fucking dodgy shit. Uh, and he spent all of his time with Mike, really looked up to And if you think that that severed head necrophilia, you know, photograph sequence is bad, it gets a lot, lot worse. Because on the 5th of April, 1973, when Ramirez was 13, he was chilling at his house, smoking weed, drinking beer, playing... Great days, man. Playing pool. Loving it. Um, Mike's wife, which is... It was a surprise to me that he actually had a wife. Uh, her name was uh, Jessie. She came home from work and gave him basically a round of fox because he didn't have a job since he got back. He didn't do anything. He was just sitting around the house smoking and drinking with a you know a young lad just playing pool. Or so whatever. this is this is cousin his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Ramirez is hanging around with Mike, who's the war. And Mike's wife. Mike's comes wife back is giving him a bollocking. Yeah. Um, he didn't like. I suppose he didn't like being belittled in front of Ramirez because it's like one of his little disciples. So he pulled a gun out of his pocket, right, or his holster, or whatever. I'm sure you keep him in your pocket. That's exactly what it's called. And uh, pointed it at Jesse's head, and she went, "Go on, then. I dare you." So he fucking did. <gasps> he just shot her in the, in the face at point blank range. She Shit. said, "I dare you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, blood everywhere, including splatters over Ramirez. Uh, and Mike said, basically, uh, "Leave now before the police arrive, and don't say anything." to anyone so he's seen that as well jesus christ a murder and he's seen images of necrophilia and i i mean that's well this this kid ain't having any kind of normal upbringing is he 
No, well, absolutely not. But Mike, when he was arrested, he got taken to court and he pleaded insanity. And he was like, oh, no, look at me, I'm a biscuit. And because of that, they put him in a mental hospital look instead of... I'm a biscuit. Uh, he got four years and then he was released. I think he went... Jesus. I know. Oh, God. I know, just because he said he was mad. And he probably was fucking mad because well, he shot someone in the face. That's not what sane people do. No. Uh, killed himself years later, whatever. Um, oh, just what? Oh, he just killed himself. So he, he did. So his cousin killed himself. Yeah, yeah. He came out of prison, whatever it was, like, and then just finished himself off. I mean, you could go on a tangent with this research, and yeah, could yeah, yeah. there's, you know, you don't need to know that. You just need to know that Ramirez saw that cousin went to prison, said he was a biscuit, nut hutch, dead, the end. Um, Ramirez actually moved briefly to Los Angeles to live with his elder brother Ruben. Um, who incidentally taught him how to pick locks, open windows from the outside, and how to disable alarm systems. Gee, this family's really uh, top-notch, aren't they? He only stayed with uh, Ruben in LA for, I think, a couple of weeks or whatever, before heading back to El Paso, where he tried, when he moved in with his sister, elder sister Ruth, and her husband, Roberto. So I think it's kind of like a fresh start. He's slightly nomadic, but he's staying within the family because mm. obviously Big Mike's gone now. Um, so with his sister, he's assuming things are going to get better. But they don't because Ruth's husband, Roberto, was a peeping Tom and used to take Ramirez out at night to stare through window. I what know. the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> it's like, like, it's, it's like, like this poor kid, however, wherever he seems to go, <laughs> just learns one more new terrible skill. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone's sort of uploading all the information into him. To It's like, it's not just like, okay, I'm just like, he's already got his own set of issues. Not not only does his fucking cousin teach him about necrophilia and Killing shooting people. people in the face, he then goes to his brother who brother teaches him to like pick locks and look at you know and open windows from the other side. Then to his sisters, where her sisters, so he's not even part of the same genome, but yet he still <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's teaching, like him teaching, he teaching him to like look, look, look and peep. At, so he was peeping on other. Like he women. was picking through windows, and he'd take him out at night and say, "Oh, come and look for this window." So other woman. women, yeah. So right. little Ramirez would go out there, and he's fully uploaded with murder, death, and necrophilia. And also, Roberto gave him uh, LSD, so he's doing this tripping when he's not fucking Jesus thirty. Christ. And he got him into Satanism, so he'd be start. That's that's where the uh, <laughs> honestly, like, I just wonder, like, lucky lad, how, man. How like one kid could be so unlucky <laughs> i know this is how it happens i suppose out of however many billion people there are someone's just going to go down the wrong path constantly and yeah. it's going to come to just a head keep get, like just you just think of all the people that he ended up with at least one of them might have had a good influence but no nope. no it doesn't he didn't want to he didn't want to be helped i think as well he was quite content on li- living his life the way he wanted to live it he didn't give a fuck just completely gave up um i guess he was completely desensitized to all this fucked up shit and thought it was normal well, to some yeah because if the, i don't i don't I don't disagree with that at all. No, I think can't. Y- if this kid's been brought up by everybody he would ever look up to or anybody of authority in his life to be the violent, crazy, psychopath. psychopathic, all the th- all murdering, of the, rapist, all the things, thief, just just yeah, thief. It just, was just to, to like that would be that would surely seem normal to him after a, a point. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. This is normal shit. Like everywhere I go, this this, this happens. So this must be normal. Like, there's no... If he's never had anyone show him the reality of normal, how would he know that's not normal? Exactly. This is what, this is why it's good to look at it. So that young lad that you were saying, poor lad. Are you still saying poor lad at this point? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So all this shit that he was seeing, 
You know what I mean? Keep people getting killed, taking drugs, looking through windows, learning how to pick and disable alarms and stuff like that. It's, it's sort of sent him on the path to hell. His sexual fantasies developed into violent acts like, um, you know, like forced bondage, and rape and actual murder would, would um, enter his head because he's seen it. He's actually seen this. And his appearance began to change. He started to dress completely in black. He was dirty and grubby, started killing animals like coyotes and rabbits and you know, squirrels and shit like that and feeding the guts to the dog. Um, he started to pick up prostitutes. So he's, he's 17 and he's, and he's still in school and he's doing this. Uh, and teacher said he, did, he just gave up. It's like he didn't give a fuck. He just listened to, to rock music and just smoked weed, took acid and uh, drank beer and didn't give a damn and was just generally an abusive person. So the force is strong in this one. Mm. And because of his drug use and sexual desires being partly fulfilled with random acts of prostitution he needed cash and instead of random acts of kindness it's random acts of prostitution oh he ain't doing no <laughs> kindness no <laughs> kindness he needed money basically because prostituting is not cheap and he was doing it on the reg mm. uh, and he wasn't a full-time thief at this point so he need, so for like a, he got a job essentially in um, uh, the local holiday inn and he was given a master key oh so God. he could he could let so himself he's into PP PP Peeperson, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so PP Peeperson, on one occasion, Mr. Peeperson, he let himself into a, a woman's I mean he was doing this loads, obviously, into a, a woman's room and he hid in her wardrobe, which is unbelievably creepy. And she was like having a shower or whatever. When she came out and was getting dressed, he couldn't contain himself and just burst out, dived on top of her and essentially just beat her up and tried to rape her. Um but I mean, I suppose it's incredibly lucky. Her husband happened to come through the hotel door at the point where she was getting attacked and he beat the living piss out of Ramirez. Like, to the point... He's only 17 at this point. Yeah. And this is a man. So this man's ragdolling him off the wall, smacking fuck out of him. Uh, and he was taken to hospital. He was that badly fucked up. And charges were pressed. Uh, criminal proceedings uh, were afoot. And unfortunately, all the charges were dropped because the couple who were in that hotel who got attacked lived out of state and um, they didn't want to re- return from wherever the fuck they were to, to, like, to do the trial and all that shit. Yeah. So he was free to go. So, so probably the husband just thought that, that kicking that I gave him was... Beating was, will have taught him a lesson in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong. <laughs> How often do we hear about, like, I mean, you probably haven't, but it's so common that serial killers nearly get caught. And there's so many times, like, throughout this... There's so many instances that I've not even bothered to to write down where police were arresting him for like traffic violations and yeah, yeah. nicking motorbikes and it, they, they were fucking aware of him. They just didn't... Didn't know how to what... Ex- Actually, wait, I feel like I did listen to it, do one podcast about a murder and he was trying to fl- flush stuff down the toilet or something. Mm. Was that... No, you, you went on Dennis Nielsen. He did that. Chop people remember. up. Like he, and then flush they, they the tried to flush it and then they were like, they found it all in his toilet. Yeah, yeah, he moved, Nielsen moved into a flat because he was lived in a house and obviously... He's like little guy, glasses. He had glasses, yeah. Yeah. And he put them under the floorboards because in a house because obviously you've got floorboards and so he mo- when he moved into a flat it was done on purpose so it was concrete and he couldn't couldn't hide the bodies anywhere so he's trying to nip himself in the bud, yeah, so yeah, to speak yeah. and he just couldn't help himself, started killing himself. Like, that well, was a similar the thing, wasn't it? Like it, he was caught because of something dumb. Yeah, because he kept killing people and he couldn't hide the bodies any, anywhere. So he had to chop them up and flush them down the toilet mm. and he blocked the drain. And oh, the geezer, it, yeah. like fucking diner, I'd turn up outside and look down the drain and thought that it was uh, somebody being flushing. Oh no, I think Nielsen said so it looks like someone's been flushing KFC down the toilet and it was. KFC. Oh. It was bits of dudes. Shocking, man. 
Isn't it mad? What's hap- Just think what's happening now out there somewhere. Someone's I, wonder, doing I wonder if the murderers are self-isolating. Don't think they care. <laughs> Winter of the murderers are self-isolating. Yeah, they're scared. Can't go out. Can't go out because of the virus. Yeah, they're probably gutted. Because they're like, I've got to really up my game to, oh, to get my Because people are locking away them, themselves in the house, aren't they? Yeah. So. You have to break into people's houses now. Mm. No, you'd have to you'd have to take a bit of a break if you're a murderer. My advice to any serial killers listening is just hang your boots up for a bit. Just yeah, ride yeah. this out. <laughs> Get cracking in another 18 months or so. So, um, yeah, he was sent to juvenile detention centres for petty crimes, you know, car theft, burglary, robbery and assault, that sort of shit. Um, and with basically fuck all left for him in uh, El Paso in 1978 when he was 18, he moved permanently to Los Angeles. And this is where he... All the shit started to go down. He was living on the streets. He was living in squats um, and, uh, you know, properly dove head on into alcoholism and cocaine addiction because he didn't have anything to do. He was just mm. fucking nicking shit, doing drugs. That's all. That's, that's what his yeah, life yeah. was, yep. raping people. Uh, he didn't really have any friends. He had acquaintances um, who he would sell, sell uh, stolen shit to, to or buy drugs off. And he spent a lot of time hanging around bus and coach stations, just like picking up people, drifters or whatever that mm. come through. Um, and to fund his lifestyle in L.A., he bought a uh, a master set of of keys to Toyota and Honda cars, which is fucking crazy that them things exist. So he got this master key, and he so wouldn't he could even just ha- get into anyone's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a like, Honda or a yeah, yeah. Just open the doors and okay. drove off. Jesus, just like I'll have that. Thanks just very much. A bit of a loophole in your system there, lads. You don't probably shouldn't. Master key, my god. I mean, imagine if you sold like a lock for a house and then just sold master keys. What? Like a Yale lock master key. You just like go around and open everyone's front door. Just let yourself into people's houses. Yeah. Well, like an override code on a burglar alarm. Shut it down. Cray. So he was he was stealing cars almost every night, and he was driving around Los Angeles looking for houses to rob. And like I said, he got arrested multiple times during these years. Possession of drugs, burglary, that sort of shit. But his perseverance in the in the robbery world paid off, and he got really really good at it and he was doing something like two houses a night stealing cash and jewelry i'd imagine if you're picking the the right houses you could make quite a bit of money just nicking off people just going i'll have your watch yeah yeah. i'll have your wallet any cash it's quite lucrative and he's obviously electric rich path of least resistance he'll just do the least amount of work to get them to get the highest amount of money and and that was what it was uh his acquaintances called him ricky the thief and um fingers which is always a creepy nickname isn't it ricky fingers (laughs) fingers man why fingers because he was nicking shit he had he had quick fingers slippery fingers (laughs) (laughs) is that the right word (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it depends on the content. So you, you, you the content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he never had a job, but he always had cash. Um, so his evil, sadistic side took over and he began raping women and, and, and robbing them when he was done. Um, in 1983, when he was 23, he got sent to prison yet again for car theft and he got balls deep into Satanism in prison. He actually, I think when he got out, he actually met Anton LaVey, who was the author of the, the Satanic Bible. So he was, he was deep into this. Yeah, this yeah. was part of his identity. But, that, but that's, he seems like, you know, from his upbringing... Like, he's a bit of a follower, like, anyway. Like, you know, to be part of something, like, you know, like, to follow his cousin around and his... Yeah. So, and his brother-in-law or whatever. Mm. So, makes sense that he wants, you know, like, that's... Because the thing is, Satanism, it's kind of cult, 
like, isn't it? I think all religion is cult-like. Yeah, exactly. But um, seems like he had a propensity to uh, be that way. Yeah, there wasn't like there is an element of uh, feeling lost and needing some form of identity. But he he didn't when he actually started doing these this horrific shit. He was a full-on lone wolf by the sounds of it. Yeah, but but yet still wanting, you know, following something. Yeah, of course. That's not necessarily a bunch of people. He's following in cocaine, but needles. <laughs> but he's worshiping, isn't he? Yeah, Satan, yeah, yeah. He's as right, he yeah. goes. Oh, absolutely. Like quite regularly. All the fucking time. Wait until you see what he does. It's awful. So, um, in 1983, Ramirez has basically cut all contact with his family off entirely he's not talking to them i don't think he was doing it on purpose i just don't think they were on his mind he was just all fucked up yeah and so his, his elder sister ruth traveled to la from el paso to try and track him down to try and say what the fuck's going on man and she um you know they're all concerned his entire family's concerned ruth finds him living in um, a squat grubby as fuck you know half homeless essentially he completely let his personal hygiene go to shit. He was dressed in black, full and alcoholic. His teeth were rotting. And just for good measures, he was obviously injecting cocaine directly into his veins. It's going to be fucking crazy. That is. Um, she was begging him to come home. Just She was like, something bad's going to happen. Rich, you've really got to come home. And he was reassuring her going, don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. I'm protected down here. And she was like, who's protecting you? And she went, Lucifer. <laughs> Satan himself is watching my back and she sort of fucking fixed up, looked smart, turned around, left, realised it was a love course. And then the shit hits the fan and we're going to have a look at his crimes after the break. So back it's again. It's a it's a cr- what's his name? Richard. Richard's back. <laughs> Tell your friends. It's a bit of a crazy build-up, and so are you now saying, "Poor young lad"? You can see how it changes and how like well, you know, paths in life. If they converge in one direction, you're incredibly lucky. He he got he got put on the wrong path for sure. I don't think that's his fault necessarily. But surely there's something in his mind that could have stopped him from being like that. Empathy, knowing morals. And the thing is, empathy is, I think, from what, I can, what I've heard, empathy is a learned thing. It's something you learn. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he's, if, he, if he's not been brought up in a situation where there is in any way empathy for anybody, I mean, I don't know what, we didn't really say much about his mother, but clearly his father didn't, give a shit about him his teacher didn't give a shit about him his cousin and his brother and his sister didn't give a shit about him because they all allowed this stuff to happen to do such do a you young think child like, it comes to a point where like you're when you're say i don't know between the age of 10 and 15 if you start to where all the bad shit was happening to him if you feel like some next level murky stuff going on in your life you might retreat in and just be quiet and withdrawn and an introvert anyway because of the bad shit that's happening until on the ex on the external side the teachers could see that and go he's probably fucking given up we'll just ignore him well, really he's, that's the time to engage him well the thing is you know you're saying you've from a from a 
up to a point you sort of started the the story when he was about 10 years old yeah but you probably you know got to remember that if his life was abusive before yes yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, sorry up to that point you know at that point in his home life then it's very much likely that he spent his whole life he being, did. being abused and watching abuse witnessing abuse pain suffering uh, you know upset fear, fear. like nothing nothing in his life was ever like happy really and so i i'm not excuse you know you can't excuse these people because but i can understand that you know if you're brought up to a point where you don't you don't you know witness kindness or you don't know it exists or people have empathy towards you in any way like it just seemed like he went from place to place where more more and more people just did bad stuff to him or get or dragged him along with it with them when yeah, they did their own bad shit everything he saw was constantly reinforcing his worldview exactly so crazy isn't it, it, it you know a mind that like you say m- more often than not these people who have um terrible you know do these terrible things in their adulthood tend to have terrible upbringing or have witnessed terrible things in their younger life in their formative time and it you know it's kind of like when we were talking about the feral children and yeah. you know without human interaction and the and the the you know the teaching of language and and those social skills they just they become you know completely unable after okay. a certain point now you've got to think that's the same for any child that's coming from an abusive relationship uh sorry an abusive upbringing and they're probably lacking in some of those social skills where you you are taught to be empathetic toward others and and you are taught to have a a nice time and you know this poor kid he's just like he retreated into himself until until it became until he was absorbed by his own thoughts and, and his own world so much that it, he enacted and, you know, it out. All, all, he, all he wants to do is escape the world in it because he's in it. Yeah. Because he's like taking drugs all the time. The all thing the drugs. is, I think, he's, I think he's loving it. I, I think that from... He probably He, he probably absolutely loves loved this. From, from the point where it went, um, like from the age of 18 onwards, he was fucking loving his life. He was banging prostitutes. He yeah, was yeah. raping people. He was doing drugs. He was ne- he fucking loved it. He did. He loved it because he doesn't know what that it was in any way wrong. Oh, he. I, I think he did because he said that. It, like, there's interviews after, like, when he's in prison. He's like, I am definitely evil. Yeah, you should definitely kill me. <laughs> yeah, he knew he, it was he wrong. Know, yeah, he, he knows. Care. But it's like he knows he's evil, but then he also doesn't probably doesn't know how to not be evil. It's all he knows. It's all he knows. Being evil and having evil around him is all he's ever known. So, so even when you know his sister does come to help him out and say, "Look, you know, I'm here. I'm I'm here for you. I'm here to help you," he rejects it on all levels and says, "Nah, nah, I'm fine. I, the devil's got my back." <laughs> like the only friend he has really is the devil. The devil. Yeah, the, the devil inside. Like that's it. Like it that's is. his only friend. Yep. Um, so do you want to get into some of the evil shit that he's done? Okay. Um, no attempt to hide any of this stuff. He'd just break in. He wasn't like some murderers that conceal. It was stealth murder. No, he'd just smash through windows, do whatever he needed to do, nick whatever he needed to do, and then leave like a maniac mm. and didn't give a fuck. He's like a whirlwind. 
yeah, he didn't care. He just he just didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't he didn't plan for the future. He didn't he just didn't get he was just a mad lid for that moment, live for that hour, smack it, just going around doing all crazy stuff. Now I'm gonna add this here. I read in a few articles that in I think it was around February nineteen eighty five he, he molested two young children, one female and one male. Um, I think the youngest one was about six. Uh, and he also kidnapped um, a young girl, like in between some of these murders, um, before like this one particular girl raped her and then let her go. And he abducted her in a, from a bus apparently, in a Ziploc bag, just shoved her in a bag, zipped it up and put it over his shoulder. A Ziploc bag? Yeah, just fucking zipped well, it. Well, like a duffel bag. Yeah, yeah, just in, in you go, zip it up, oh, off we go for a good rape session, and then I'll let you go in a bit. So By the fact he's letting them go as well. Well... Well, to start with. Okay, well, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, bearing that in mind, um, because on April the 10th, 1984, off of his tits completely, Ramirez abducts and murdered nine-year-old girl called Mei Luang in a basement of a hotel where he was living in San Francisco. So no home invasion, just, you'll do, come with me. Uh, he beat her, raped her, and stabbed her to death before hanging her body from a pipe, like in one of these like basement plant area things, like posing it deliberately, very satanic. Um, he wasn't convicted of that crime until a DNA match got him 25 years later in 2009. And there's also, it's quite interesting, this is, there's further evidence from that crime scene when technology had obviously caught him way able to analyse the evidence in greater detail. It... Um, it turns out there was an accomplice, he had an accomplice with him, at least on that very first murder, who was also a child at the time. So he's like turned into Mike now, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's like, hey yeah. kid, let me show you all this shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the suspect wasn't named and apparently too much time had passed to, to you know, warrant prosecution. And I'm thinking, really, is it? It might be like a 10-year-old kid who's participated in a, in a, in a murder and rape of a nine-year-old girl. It was 25 years ago, and you're just willing to... I mean, maybe they knew that they, he was dead, couldn't be found, whatever, but it's interesting that he didn't work alone on that first one. Mm. But two months later, on the on June the 28th, this is 1984, Ramirez, he was stalking the uh, the neighbourhood of Glassell Park in LA, looking for homes to burgle. So this is standard to what he would normally doing all the time. He breaks into the ground floor apartment of 79-year-old Janice Vince Cow, and found nothing valuable in her house. And she's just a little old woman, minding her own business, living her life. I suppose it was in a mad rage because he couldn't find anything mm. and he just potentially exposed himself. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he killed her. But he, it says that he, he slashed her throat. But when you actually read into the accounts of what happened, the crime, she, he pretty much almost decapitated her. So he was hacking at her. Right. At this poor woman's throat. He was repeatedly... It's like frenzied. Yeah, completely, because mm. he was repeated stab wounds and her body was slashed and mutilated and unfortunately he got he got a little bit aroused whilst he was doing that as you do murder boners and um had a little go on a corpse after she departed this mortal coil ransacked the house and then left that's i mean her, her son found the body the next day imagine going around to your mom's house and i mean that's you can't imagine no you can't imagine can you well, not to not because that would have been messy. Yes, yeah, pretty much decapitated her. Shocking. Police found a um a, like a bloodied fingerprint on on the window frame, like because he took one and like insect fucking screens off or whatever, mm. uh, and broken through that. And, and but they had no searchable database 
to, to to compare it to to run a check on so they got a fingerprint but they had nothing to so they had nothing on he he wasn't in the database he was in he was but there wasn't a database so to speak it was they couldn't do what, a mass in search in 1980 really that they you, couldn't not back then there was no computerized system where you scan it and go is there a match oh really so it relied on manpower Mm. So he was in the system, but they just, it was, they were fucking swamped. Think mm-hmm. how many fingerprints are in there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, he was sort of, I wouldn't say he's getting away with it, but it, it'll get the catch up on him. It does, it does start to, uh, technology does catch up and get yeah. this fucker in the end. So there's a pause in the murders for nearly a year where he's obviously continually injecting coke, he's burgling houses probably raping people in all fairness. He may have killed other people. But there's no crimes that tend to fit his, you know, his but he was so random anyway. Yeah, you said from the, at the start, he just he, there was no specific way he'd go about doing it. He'd do it differently every time. Yeah, it, it, so the, he could have been killing people and it was, you know what I mean, they, they just don't know because there were several serial killers um, similar in methods operating in LA when he was as well. It was like a mad serial killer time frame then. It was just going off. So he was living on the streets and he was um, spent time on Skid Row and also in the Cecil Hotel where Alyssa Lamb died. Have you ever heard of her? No. Alyssa Lamb was, I can't remember what year this was. You've probably seen it. It's like when you go uh, and you look for like creepy footage on the internet. This particular hotel, Alyssa Lamb lost a shit. I think the snipers have got an episode on her. We've been asked a few times. If you want to listen to that, go and check out Carousel Sniper Victims pod on it. And she's just this little Asian girl that seemed to be losing her shit in a lift, talking to somebody that wasn't there. You can see her on the, on the, it's loads of weird stuff. She disappears, no one sees her. And then two or three days later, you know, people inside the the hotel started complaining that the water was starting to taste a bit weird, and eventually they look in the water tank on the roof, and there she is. What? So she did she kill herself? We don't know. It's they say that her size climbing up into that tower, lifting it open and jumping in. It just it looks when, as if there's somebody else. So and what, speci- so and also, well, maybe, but also she was talking to someone that wasn't there or slightly out of shot. I'll show you the, the footage of this. It's really oh, weird. Oh wait, so she's not talking to herself? She well, it looks like it. Doesn't look like there's anyone there unless there's like an apparition that pushes in. It's fucking weird. The Alyssa, that's why it's a, a oh, right. worthy of a podcast. But she, Ramirez was in that hotel. Could have been the ghost of Ramirez. Uh, was he there? Uh, no, probably wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so on March seventeenth, eighty-five, uh, this is where the real rampage starts. Now, Ramirez was driving around the neighborhood of Rosemead in LA, and he sees twenty-two-year-old Maria Hernandez driving her car. He apparently was following her for quite a while. He thought, "I like the look of her." I don't know where he was following her from, but he was. It was a good, a good few miles because she pulls into her ga- pulls onto a drive, goes into her garage, and as the door of her garage is closing, like with the lights off, Ramirez, Indiana Jones style, slides it under the door, grabbing his hat, his hat on the way in. <laughs> she hears something behind her, turns round, and standing, pointing a gun, holding it with two hands, like in her face is Ramirez. She, um, poor Maria, lifts up her hands at like like a defensive. Um, posture and Ramirez just blasts her in the face um, and what's crazy is by some mad stroke of luck she had a car keys in her hand and the bullet ricocheted off the bunch of keys in front of her face and didn't kill her but she hit the deck like a motherfucker and lay there Ramirez just thinks Thought she's she'd dead been shot. I just shot her in the face she's not getting it from yeah, that yeah. Um, so he steps over her and enters the house where her roommate now, I'm pretty sure I've wrote her name down wrong here. I think her name was Dale Okazaki, I think. Dale? Yeah. 
Um, I, I think I wrote it wrong because that doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, she'd heard the shots and was hiding, I think, in the kitchen. She was like ducking down behind a cabinet. And when the door opened and Ramirez came in, she poked her head up to have a little look and blam, he sees her and shoots her in the head. She she's dead. She's dead. Yeah, yeah. So he then ransacks the house, takes whatever he wants, pretty much nothing. Um, and then on the way out, he literally bumps into Maria Hernandez, who got up off the floor and was cowering in an alleyway behind the house. Uh, and he let, he just let her live. We don't know why. We've got no idea. He's like, fuck! I just shot you in the face and you survived. You can live. She didn't even have a fucking mark on her. I mean, it's, I don't know whether he thought it was the devil's wish, Lucifer, yeah, yeah. and he just fucking carried on walking. But an hour later, Ramirez, again driving around, pulls 30-year-old Veronica Yu out of her car in Monterey Park and just shoots her in the head, shoots her dead in the street, broad daylight. Um, people who saw it said that she was following him and at traffic lights was going, you're following me, what's your problem? Why are you following me? Stop following me. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not. And she went, yes, you are. And he went, ah, oh, fuck you, bang. Because he was. And she was just confronting him. He didn't like it. So he executed her. Yeah, cray. It seems like he's got a very executional kind of style. Yeah, it's cray. Brewing. Because there's two murders and one attempted murder in the space of an hour, literally. The news reports obviously go mental. And they reported a, a curly-haired attacker with bulging eyes was on the loose. That's the... Uh, that's the coke for you. Making yeah. <laughs> and he was dubbed at this point the uh, the walking killer or the valley intruder, which are pretty name, lame names, in my opinion. Yeah. The Night Stalker's far better. <laughs> isn't it? Although he's in the middle of the day, so didn't you say it was broad daylight? Pretty much, yeah. So it's not really applicable. <laughs> the Night Stalker in the middle of the day. <laughs> so, yeah, the Day Stalker. He's the day night tripper. So 10 days later... This is, um, I tried to keep in the periods in between these murders so you can get in a sense of, of how quickly he's doing shit. So 10 days is quite a feasible amount of time to get some valuables, spend it on drugs and booze and go on a bender for 10 days. And as soon as you run out, looks like I need to go back out again now. Mm. So I've kind of lo- logged down the gaps in between so you can see that this is a continuous, almost continuous rampage. So 10 days later, uh, 27th of March, 85, Ramirez breaks into the home of Vincent and Maxine Zazara. Now, he'd previously, this is awful, this is, he previously broke into their house and robbed them a year earlier, mm. which is horrific. So they're already scared as fuck about being broken into. Yeah. I don't know what he got out of them that first time round, whether he saw something in there that he remembered or whether it looked like they were had a bit of, you know, a bit of money or something. So he went back. He immediately shoots Vincent, 64, shot him in the head whilst he slept. He did that loads. Kill the male first. I suppose it's just kind of like um, eliminating all possible threats. He's making his job easier. He's, I suppose that first encounter with that male in the hotel. Yes. Just yeah. avoid that. Absolutely. Cost. Yeah, and like you're saying about Mike, he, he taught him how to fight. He's like, well, maybe he can handle himself. So so um, he blasts old Vince and he's gone. His wife Maxine was asleep in the same bed. So he's crept into the rooms and he's just gone bang. And then she's like, what? So she wakes up to the... Co- I mean, like her husband's head's exploding on the pillow next to her. Ramirez then beats the shit out of her, ties her up, and then demands that she tells him where all the valuables in the house were. Um, as he's ripping the room apart, looking for the shit that she's said that she had, Maxine manages... I don't know how, but she manages to, to wriggle free and reaches underneath the bed for a shotgun that they kept there for um, security purposes. Probably because of fear. Well, because they'd already been burgled at that point. Yeah, by him. So that shotgun's there because of him. Yeah. Um, So she gets it out and he's got her back 
back to her. He's not paying her any attention because he thinks she's incapacitated. And he just hears click and it wasn't loaded. <gasps> oh, no. I know. It's horrible, isn't it? She was so close. Fuck. That really pissed him off because um, it could have killed him. So he shoots her three times in the dome. He rapes her, gets a carving knife from the kitchen, stabs and mutilates her, I'm assuming, dead body at this point rapes her a little bit more and this is harking back to the quote at the beginning of the podcast he cut her eyes out of her head and took them with him and the eyes were removed after death the forensics indicated and the eyes were never found so um next level stress balls man so he, he's not really that's the first time he's took a souvenir that we're aware of yeah yeah because that's the thing they do isn't it yeah 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 it's the only time i mean um, I suppose like, from but what, like, souvenirs I they don't have like they can, they people do nick shit serial killers will nick shit off you that's not part of your body and have that as like your earring yeah but like but this is why take the eyes with him because she saw him there's um, a few killers have done that was it uh, Chikatilo the Russian guy yeah, but so did that girl that he let go yeah, I know, it's a bit... He's, he's just doesn't... There's no, like, real... because he's injecting cocaine yeah, like a madman. Yeah, he's just, like... He's, he seems just really erratic. Like, he's... The way he's killing, like, it's not... Um, it's not... It's not really... Although there is, like, obviously some premeditation. It's the it's a crazy not like, drug man. Yeah, he's not... He's not really, like, premeditating, not thinking really. through what he's doing. He's just... You know, some of those, like, serial killers who just, like, they, like, plan. Meticulously, Meticulously plan. plan, yeah. I think Ramirez's extent was, tonight I've got no money, so I'm going to go out, I'm going to break into someone's house, and it, if I want to, I'll kill them and I'll nick yeah, their yeah. shit. That's and about just, as much as the plan He just seems, did. like, flip... He just... He's, he seems extremely lucky at this point that he hasn't been caught because, you know, mostly, like, serial killers will be very meticulous so that they don't get caught. But he's just like he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just like doing it in the middle of the day and a fuck in front of a whole load of witnesses. Well, this he's is why I say that his rampage um, was two, two to how three. How did he months. get away from shooting that woman in the fucking just park? Because there's so many people getting killed all the time. The police are swamped, so underfunded. But like, didn't did anyone like around them just think to stop him or did not he when he shoot? Would you shot? Would you stop someone if they pulled a car but over? But people and went, do Boom. that, though, don't they? Like that, like that guy on the on the bridge. Like that was killing people recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, suppose they, it, yeah. they just like throw it. They just throw themselves at him, didn't they? Yeah, he he, he got was like a, got like got sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's breaking in. It's, it's right. not. It's just the post. Um, oh, I've lost my thread now. You saying a guy on the bridge? Yeah, like like but people people like ran at him, didn't they? And like sprayed him with fucking. Yeah, he was he was um it was Crocker. It was um you know a kid. Kind wolf, wasn't it? He didn't really have what he said he had. That's why they attacked him. They called his bluff. This dude's just blasting people. Yeah, he's just, he's just like, fuck it, man. I'm just doing He's like, I need some cash. I'm just going to go and yeah. like blatantly rob a place in front of them and just kill him for the fun of it. This is why it didn't last that long because it would only take time for the police to, to catch up with him. But um, Vince and Maxine's son found their bodies the next day. I mean, because these God. are old people, aren't they? Police found a uh, footprint from a pair of Via trainers in the garden outside on the window. So this is valuable evidence. They've got a fingerprint now, and now they've got a boot, a boot print, essentially. On the 14th of May, so this is like a couple of weeks later, again in Monterey Park, he breaks into the house of 66-year-old Bill Doy and his disabled wife, Lillian. So he, he is generally picking on older people? If, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... 
He's making his life easier. We should rename him Corona, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Billy's shot in the head uh, and battered really badly. His wife, who's obviously wheelchair-bound, she had thumb cuffs put on, which are like stupid like handcuffs for your thumbs that keep your hands together, that you can't pull them apart like that. It's, I mean, it's, I don't know why. I don't know why. He put what? He put thumb cuffs on? He put on. thumb cuffs on her. All right. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe they were just... Maybe that's just all he had. Just something he nicked from someone else's cuffs. house. Just, ooh, some thumb cuffs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he then, he then beat her the fuck up and he raped her. And um, Bill, um, who is um, Lillian's husband, who he shot in the fucking head, he manages to call the police. And there's like a, this recorded like a gurgling phone call, which alerted the police to some bad shit going down. That phone call saved his wife's life. But um, Bill died actually. I mean, he'd been shot in the head. So, um, so he managed to shoot. He he managed to call the police yes. whilst having been shot in the head. You will be amazed at how many times this can happen in this. I was like, well, it turns out the caliber of gun he's using, but we'll get to that oh, in a bit. Okay. So that was on the 14th of May. On the 29th of May, so what? A couple of a couple of weeks later, uh, Ramirez steals a car and uh, he's off on the prowl and he enters the home of two elderly sisters, uh, Mabel Bell who was 83, and Florence Nettie Lang, uh, who was 80. And Florence is also in a wheelchair, again. So he's loving the old ladies. Mm, a little bit of a... Yeah, but he's raping these, well, he's necrophilia in these women. He, doesn't so. give, he does not care about yeah, shit Yeah, like but that. he's picking old people. He doesn't care. That's what gets him off. He's not, he yeah, doesn't, that's what I'm saying. He's getting off on the oldies. It's not even the oldies. I think it's just abject terror, screaming, fear and blood. It's got nothing to do with looks. It's no, the feeling that, it gives him. That, but what, so is he just picking the older people because they're vulnerable? Probably. But he doesn't seem like he gives a shit. But he doesn't always pick old people. Yeah, I know that there's the odd few where he's gone in and shot. like. But then when he's, when he's gone for younger people, maybe it's gone wrong more often than not. Well, so he's like... You'll see as we go into it. But um, in uh, Mabel and Florence's apartment, he found a hammer in the kitchen and he hammered um, Florence basically half to death. He then overpowered Mabel, tied her up and electrocuted her with a cord that he ripped the plug off just for the crack of it, just sparking her. Jesus. And he also bludgeoned her as well, um, ransacked the house, obviously not fully satisfied, uh, returned to Florence, raped her, and then um, using lipstick, drew pentagrams on her thighs and on the bedroom walls, and they were found They were found alive two days later. Alive? But, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, uh, but they died. I think one of them might have survived. I didn't write down who, but they're both dead now because that was a fucking long time ago. Yeah, they were old. Yeah, awful. God, Horrific. Imagine, like, just, like, imagine getting through your life. You know, you've, like... Yeah, and that happens. Got, yeah, like you've gotten through all the adversities in your life to a point where you're like in your old age, and then chilling. That happens to you. Someone just comes in and like beats and rapes and just electrocutes and destroys and bites it, and does all the things. And two little old ladies. Yeah, like, and sisters, and they fucking. Then one of them survives to like just live a f- life of fear afterwards. I guess if you can live a life of fear, it depends how badly fucked up you are from being well. smashed around the head. I suppose, yeah. So the next day, so this is the next day, so they were found two days later, so they hadn't even been found at this point. Ramirez breaks into um, 42-year-old Carol Kyle's house. Uh, her 11-year-old son, Kyle. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> um, Kyle, he, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was handcuffed and um, and Ramirez basically just destroyed the house and found completely nothing. He uncuffed Kyle 
the lad and told him to find all the valuables around the house. So don't fucking lie, bring him back. As he did that, he uh, Ramirez Ainley raped his mom, as you do, and was shouting at her, don't look at me or I'll cut your eyes out. Told her that he was the night stalker. Uh, and when he was done, he just handcuffed them both together and left. So he left them so alive. He, he left and, and, t- and like told them a name as well. So Seeding his legacy. Yeah. Or was it a form of mental torture for life that got him off? I don't know. Was it because there was a kid there? Did he feel... Is it, I mean, did, is there yeah, any empathy didn't, didn't, for the kid? He yeah, thought, fuck, I can't kill him. Didn't he rape and kill kids in the first or like y- mutilate them? Yes. Or? Like, yeah. So he clearly doesn't. <laughs> I don't think this guy at any point at this time of his life has any empathy for anybody. No, I think you're probably right. He's lost all, or whether he even ever had it in the first place. I don't think he did. Probably just psychopathic from the from, first from place. From a reading, there was nothing. I mean, these, you know, if you read about Richard Ramirez, they're not going to tell you about his his young life when. I mean, you have to real dig for that, but I couldn't find anything of saying that he had, you know, he, he loved cats and he had no, a rabbit like, and he yeah, was fucking yeah. like, volunteered on a farm when he, he was. Just, he just no, it's none of that. Probably, probably been a psychopath from uh, any from the age he can actually. From the like, day that he was conceived and his mum was breathing in benzene and well, mashokidapazine. Well, even just just any uh, to probably from the point at which his, you know, he's uh, he's aware of what's going on, like yep. so what, like five, six, seven from mm-hmm. that point onwards. Just fucking psychopath. Next level. Carol apparently told the police that he had rotten teeth and he stunk because he's, ro- he's rotten. T- I mean, obviously, that's a sign of meth. Yeah, yeah. But he was, um, he, he remarked after his arrest that he was eating basically just, he was addicted to sweets. He just oh, fucking so loved it. Just he was just eating that. I mean, he was not, he's not, he's not doing it? all this and intravenously injecting coke and then going for a salad. He's just fucking eating burgers and. Not so brushing yeah, his teeth. Like high salt, high sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just living like a maniac. Living like a maniac. Um, so that was pretty... What day was that? That was the 29th of May. No, that was the 30th of May. On the uh, 2nd of uh, July, so it's a, a, a month later, month essentially, he must have got a big loot off, uh, off uh, Kyle to keep him going for a yeah, month. Yeah. Um, Mary Louise Cannon, 75, again, he broke into her house, found her asleep, killed her with a bedside bedside lamp just bludgeoned her with whatever the fuck was there so he didn't even go in with a knife there's no preparation it he sounds really like, like spontaneous that to me yeah yeah just he he d- the whole thing does he just doesn't seem like he in any way is planning these things he's not going in you know he's sort of like finding like you said you know he got a butcher's knife from the kitchen he found a hammer in the kitchen like he's <laughs> yeah. finding the weapons he pulled a plug off electric <laughs> yeah like he used electric plug to to like stick in someone's head you know he isn't going in there with in preparation yeah. to kill like he's just grabbing what he can and he's killing using that to kill them he's not obviously he had a he has a gun cuz he's shot that woman sometimes he's got it with him but like you'd think, well, maybe, but guns probably, you know, he's, he's got to spend money on like getting stuff for that, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I, I can't like, like um, and shit. he's not living in a basement with a, you know, a, a cork board out on the wall with lines going from A to B. He's not planning it like that. He's just yeah. waking up going, I need drugs. Looks yeah. like I'm, someone's um, dying today. Looks, um, like, looks like probably I'm, get a shag out of it as well. He, I think he's like, he seems to be like going in to rob these people and he's so doesn't give a sh- he so much doesn't give a shit about br- what he's doing he's like i'll just kill him in the process yeah, like whatever. he's not just going because you could probably like a lot of burglars they'll they'll like go in stealth or stealth like get the shit they want and then go they don't but he's obviously nah. getting a kick out of killing these people yeah. on in the process that's what got him off it's like a, yeah it's just part, it's all part it's all part of the same 
uh, experience. It's not he's breaking in to get the money for the drugs. Breaking in to get the money for the drugs and to, to inject and also killing people and raping them. It's all part of the same thing. That's the experience, which is his life. That's There's nothing really yet. He's not like going train spotting in between doing this or stamp collecting. You know what I mean? Stamp collecting. He's fucking, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. This is his yeah, existence. Yeah. That's like... It- it's just like one, one, like you say, he, if there's a gap in him doing, you know, like a, of a month, it's because he's managed to get enough shit from that, that robbery to keep him going. Or he's, or he's continually like breaking into houses but not killing people and they didn't, didn't like twin it to him, didn't get it, match it up with him, which is entirely possible because he's just nicking the cars. The thing is, he know he probably spent, oh, to me it sounds more like he spent a month on the piss, on, like high as a kite in some fucking squat, squat somewhere. Like Maybe. and just like you know, like gurning for a month, and the then he's and then he's like, "Fuck, I need more." There's probably like, um, he's just feeding his addiction, not only his drug addiction, but his addiction to get off on killing people and raping them and doing all the things that so, he's doing. So three days after he uh, killed Mary Louise Cannon with a bedside lamp, this is on the fifth of July. So three days later, it's not a murder, but I included it because it's fucking horrible. He broke into the bedroom of sixteen-year-old Whitney Bennett. Right, and he battered her with a tire iron, so just like a big ass fucking metal bar, essentially. He couldn't find a knife in the kitchen, so he strangled her with a telephone cord, which started sparking. Um, and I think it kind of spooked Ramirez because he thought, as he was, uh, you know, banging to the devil, he thought that Jesus was resurrecting this girl with sparks. So he shit himself and left the house. Uh, and on the way out, um, f- you know, fled in fear. He left a, a bloodied foot, um, like a footprint on the bed. Again, more evidence. And that poor girl needed something like 470 stitches to her head. Shit. Oh, my God. How do you have 400 stitches on your head? How can you even have that many? These are like well, 1980 got, stitches got, as well. It's like a fucking like, knitting needle. <laughs> 19, it's not that long ago. <laughs> we were born in the 1980s. Yeah, but, but no, I'm not saying that. I'm like, today's stitches is just like they just it's like Star Trek shit. Yeah, but you know, it's like you get battered around the head enough times with a fucking tire iron, then just, just I mean, there's no skin on her head. It's just all. It's like yeah, it's probably like fucking horrific. So two days after that. Right, so he had a, he killed that woman. Three days later, he attacked that girl. Two days after this, which is on the 7th of July, he breaks into 61-year-old Joyce Nelson's house, finds her asleep on the sofa, and beats her to death with his fists. He stamped on her head so hard, he left a, a shoe imprint on her face, which is the same as the one that was found outside the window, I think on the first murder, and also the one found on the bed from the, that girl he attacked. So police now know that in these particular instances these three it's all the same it's guy. the same guy well they got proof that it's the same guy it's the yeah. same yeah so efits went out um from descriptions that survivors had said that he looked on and a full-on investigation team is set up and obviously the public are warned at this point because they're like there's some fucking tapped lunatic on the uh, on the rampage there were other victims of rape and burglary that came forward saying that a man told them to swear on satan that they didn't see him so that's it's more than coincidental. Yeah. There's it's not that many Satan worshippers going around. To, like, especially doing people. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 20th of July, so another few weeks later, Ramirez buys a machete, always a good sign, uh, and breaks into 68-year-old Max Needing's house. Uh, and he was with his 66-year-old wife, uh, Layla. Uh, he attacks them. Um, 
yeah, but he's, they said it's like it's always this like he, he was playing, for instance. He's like he's a, he's not trying to kill him. He's just whacking them with a, a machete. You know what I mean? Just playing, and he finally shoots them both. I think the forensics could tell by the marks on their bodies suffered from the the machete attack that it not very like he wasn't he wasn't really it whacking yet. it. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't deep. Yeah, it weren't like. I mean, if you got a cut on your arm with a machete, it's probably going to chop your arm off if someone's swinging at you. Yeah, yeah. If it's just a flesh wound, it makes you think that this fucker's playing, just scaring you. Yeah. And then kills them. Um, and obviously nicked everything. The the next day. Again, so this is a real rampage now. This is the 21st of July, 1985. He shoots Chanarong Kovanath. I hope I've pronounced that right. He shot, shot him in the head whilst he slept next to his wife called, um, her name's Sumkid. Ramirez sodomized her in front of her eight-year-old child. Um, then he um, he dragged, dragged her around the house to get valuables. And then before leaving, tells her to swear on Satan that she's not hiding anything else around the house that he needs. So he's killed one, mentally destroyed basically the others and physically assaulted the one of them. Um, August the 6th, so this is not even a couple of weeks later, he breaks into the house of Chris and Virginia Peterson. He shoots Virginia in the head uh, and it's nuts because she sits up in bed like the fucking Terminator after he's blasted her in the head and she dives on her husband to shield him. That's how much of a fucking superwoman she is. Jesus. Um, Chris was also shot in the head immediately after, but he didn't realise that he'd been shot, and he actually gets up. So they've both been shot. He gets up and starts to physically fight Ramirez, um, and he's shot several more times. He actually dodges a few more bullets, and eventually Ramirez apparently just runs away because he's like, these fucking dudes can't be shot. I know I shot you both in the head. He's a zombie fucking... Just seem to annoy you. They're just... Chris, even though he'd been shot several times, I think it's probably the adrenaline um, mm. surging through his body, but he actually thought it was some kind of crazy mad joke that Ramirez was playing. He thought it was like a blank fire or a starting pistol, uh, not an actual real gun. And uh, again, yes, they both survived and um, remarked that Ramirez seemed to enjoy watching them flail around while shooting at them. Again, just another sick form of... That's how he's getting off, I suppose. Uh, by now, these crimes are all over the news. And yeah. he's he's loving it. He's watching himself. Um, on August the 8th, again, what's that, two days later, he breaks into the home of uh, 27-year-old Sakina Abawaf and her husband, who was 31. I think his name was Elias. Again, he shoots the male first. And then he handcuffs uh, Sakina, forces, forces her to tell him where all the valuables are, violently rapes and beats her. Um, their three-year-old son walks in when Ramirez is doing this, so he ties him up and then carries on raping his mum in front, and he was saying to her, don't scream, uh, swear to Satan, you're not going to scream. So it's, again, it's like this connection with, with Satan, and there's a, this weird, horrific sort of, you know, um, incapacitating people, and it, it, these crimes are all sort of matching up. Um, on the 18th of August, so 10 days later, he headed to San Francisco. Now, it's, I think it's probably because his crimes were getting noticed. It wasn't like it was full blast everywhere on every news channel, but it was picking up traction mm. because the cops are like, we need to start fucking... This yeah, looks yeah. like there's a serial killer. Anyway, he goes to San Francisco and he breaks into Peter and Barbara Pan's house. Peter Pan, mate. <laughs> Peter Pan? Brilliant. Uh, 
shot him, shoots Peter Pan dead um, in his sleep, and then uh, rapes and shoots Barbara Pan, robs the place. Um, before leaving, he writes Jack the Knife on the bedroom wall, and then he writes pent- like draws pentagrams and shit everywhere. Now, the ballistics, the, the uh, forensics said that the uh, the ballistics showed that the same gun was used uh, for the crimes back in LA, the same one, this one is in Fra- San Francisco, obviously, and said, hang on, this is the same. So he's, he's moving around slightly here, and they also found another matching boot print, um, now Ramirez at the time was staying with a friend in San Francisco. He hadn't gone back to LA, and he was watching the crimes on on the, the TV, the local TV channels in San Francisco, like local news. Uh, and he's, he even said to his mate, "Look at that e-fit. Looks like me, doesn't it?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And she was like, "What?" She said she thought it was weird, and he even tried to palm off jewelry to her as a present that he nicked from from. Uh, she actually did report him further down the line, but. Um, how creepy is that, man? Fucking hell. Well, he just, he's like, don't care, does he? He clearly just doesn't give a shit. No fucks. All he cares about is get, he's feeding his, adi- his addictions. That's it. That's all that matters to him. But it's like, it seems like he's getting more and more like cocky with it. Oh, look, oh, look at this. Look at that. That, that looks like me, right? Mm. Yeah. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. I want recognition. Yeah. So the thing is, the press were, I suppose, acting like dumb fucks because he was watching this. And when they announced that this, this, specific trainer sneaker prints has been found in multiple locations he threw the uh trainers off the golden gate bridge he said i just fucked them off there um and it turns out that that trainer that particular i think it was a a via trainer that there was only um he was wearing one of two pairs that was sold in america one of two pairs so it's either where's the other one that belongs to him he's not the killer so it's that guy but he bought me cash man so they couldn't trace yeah, it. They were like, "Fuck!" I mean, ha- that's crazy. Like, what? What trainers were these fuckers? Like, only two pairs well, in the whole of America. That's what I saw on a on a, on a, a documentary. I was like, "Are you sure? Did I hear mm. that right?" That seems a bit odd. S- someone can just go and check that. I think it'd be bothered. Um, so he goes back to LA, and this is on the twenty fourth of August. He steals a Toyota and then tries to break into James Romero's house, but he gets disturbed essentially and he runs which is weird i'm guessing there was must must have been quite a lot of noise and a fair few people in the neighborhood maybe it's a quiet cul-de-sac or whatever um but romero's kid who was 13 james jr he heard and actually saw ramirez running away and he's obviously a smart kid so uh he takes he takes notes of everything he sees he gets some digits from the car registration plate he also notes the uh, the make and the model and the color it was like a burnt orange color apparently uh, and he gives all that to the police so this is the net is closing you can see yeah, that yeah. it's getting They're building more and more case around him his incompetence i mean if he yeah, like he, it's um, it's, it's amazing he's gotten this far without being caught it's crazy. and i know that the forensics and shit back then weren't as good but Fucking hell. But it's also in very quick succession, this is. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're going, another, another, quickly. another, another, yeah, shit, yeah. shit, shit, shit. And then, so eventually something will give and it's, it's him that gives. Um, so he, after trying to break into Romero's house, he, uh, that later that same night, he breaks into another, which is um, a guy called uh, Bill Carnes, who was 30, and his fiancée, Inez Erickson, she was 29. They were asleep. Bill was shot again three times in the head, and he raped and sodomized Inez. Um, she's obviously alive, and he's telling her to swear on Satan that there was no more valuables in, in the house. He tells her that he's the night stalker and shoots her twice in the head before he leaves, right? So... Why would you tell her that and then shoot her? I don't know. He's just fucking with it. But Ines survived. 
right? Yeah, like what kind of gun is he using then if all these people are surviving? 22 calibre. 22 calibre, so it's a smaller... I mean, it's not good, is it? Getting shot in the head, but it's a smaller calibre handgun. Like a, I think it's like a small, tiny little, like, almost like pocket revolver thing. So what, is he just missing, like... No, he's just shooting you in the head, but it's just... It's, is it not getting far in or something? It's not like a 9 mil, which would just turn your head into red mist. And go, you know what I mean? It, this is... It's more like um, yeah, but like a why pellet gun in a bullet. Like, why is it not panic... Like, why is it not killing people? Some though? people don't die. That's nuts. Some people don't die. I'm sure the Americans are, can be... I'll probably be screaming at us now. This is why... But I don't know. I don't know what you'd use that type of gun for. I'm sure it's got a use other than shooting people in the head. It doesn't need to be that good at it. Um, but she she survived. The surgeons took two bullets from her head. So that's a serious traumatic injury. But she was still able to give a pretty good description of what he looked like. Um, on August the 28th, the police found a, a burnt out car matching the number plates that that lad, James Romero Jr., he gave to the police. They also searched it for fingerprints and it had been well cleaned on the inside, but like, I think it was on like the, uh, you know, like that, what's it, the rear view mirror? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Behind that, they found a, a fingerprint um, and uh, obviously they'd got it, took that into, but they had nothing to compare it to. Because there was no database. Oh, we've got a fingerprint. Brilliant. Um, And like we said before, they had his prints from previous crimes like car theft and robbery. um, But there was no searchable database. So they they couldn't, they were like, had their hands tied. But by sheer luck, as he was doing in the midst of these killings, there was a new searchable fingerprint database that came online, which gave the police the ability to physically enter the image of the print and go computer find that and it went it went bing your man's ramirez he did this 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 and this and they were like fucking got him and he actually had his face now because yeah, he was yeah. known to them and he fit fits all the so they held a press conference and they said we know who you are and soon everybody else will and there's no place you can hide so he's he i don't know whether he saw that I've got a feeling he probably didn't because he knew his crimes were getting noticed. And on the 30th of August, 1985, he went to Arizona to visit his brother who wasn't home. So I think he just like, whatever, slept in a bush. The next day, um, he travelled back to LA. Seemingly... Well, so he went all the way there, slept in a bush and went all the way back. Well, he wasn't in, man. <laughs> Days before like, mobile phones. quite a long way. <laughs> just a little bit. But this is Ramirez, man. He's probably up off his head doesn't even know he went there until he got back so he immediately comes back to LA seemingly completely unaware of this insane media storm that's you know around him and he wasn't expecting it he got off the uh, the bus and calmly walked past police officers who were looking for him and he definitely noticed them he definitely noticed these police officers because he used to hang around at the bus station all the time. So they knew that that was a place to, because they'd spoke to acquaintances by then, he's usually here. So he tried to, I suppose, he must have been paranoid. Um, he tried to avoid being seen and he went into a, a local shop, essentially, just to get off the streets. And a group of Mexican, like old Mexican ladies, see him there and started shouting, El Matador, the killer. And he was like, shut the fuck up, Granny. What the fuck's wrong with you? Looks down, his face is on the newspapers and they're pointing at that and pointing at him. And he was like, fuck, shit. So he bolts and just runs out of the shop. Um, obviously, he's causing a, a bit of a, uh, a, a commotion and people are starting to see. He tries to break into a car, but he's unsuccessful because everybody's on him and he just runs through like streets few a few gardens or whatever and it's mob rule they fucking corner him and kick the fuck out like properly seriously one dude clobbered him with a metal bar and uh, they were going to kill him because they knew it was him and he was saved by the police 
who were obviously in chase and got him under arrest. Um, and you can see the pictures of him being immediately arrested. He's got like a bandage on his head. He was puking up. He even said to the police, can you just, just kill me? I've had enough. He knew he wasn't getting out of it. Um, and obviously they didn't. They took him into into questioning and pretty much just all came out. He wasn't. Really, he didn't care. These trials started three years later on the 22nd of July, 1988. And it was massive, massive news. Um, you know, like... Um, I think he I think he really enjoyed it because he was kind of like he was smiling at families in the courtroom loving the fame he was wearing sunglasses when he entered court like a rock star he was showing pentagrams drawn on his palm he was flashing them to the jury and to the court and waving at the families he had scores of female admirers turn up what's all that about Hannah why did why is that a thing that happens well I'm guessing there will be some kind of satan loving Women, but it happened with Bundy. What, what, what is it from your Track point of guns, view? But from my point of view, I have no idea because, like, that's not the way I think. You know, I don't think that way. Like, I don't, I don't appreciate violence and and you know, someone being um, sexually aggressive. Well, <laughs> just like idolized because of those kinds oh, of yeah. action actions, but they're. There's some, I suppose, for some women, there's something about the the bad guy, isn't it? Like, there's a lot of women who will like a rape go, fantasy. Yeah, will go in and out, in and out, in and out of terrible, aggressive relationships just because they're like that. They're attracted to that kind of bad, bad kind of person. So, um, I feel like they're 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 probably just, you know, was he attractive? Or if he looked like a rock star, it's like uh. it's he's big news. He's he's like. You know, he's, I think sometimes people don't necessarily really think about what what it is that he's really there for, and they're just they're just caught up in the hype. You say that, but one of the jurors who were on the trial actually properly fell for him and ended up marrying him when he was in prison. How fucking bananas is that? Yeah, but wasn't that like Bundy though? Didn't he like? I don't didn't, know. Didn't can't remember Bundy because he had like a his true like love the the relationship he had in the beginning. And she she like disowned him when she found out what he'd done, yeah. but there was that other woman, wasn't there, that he like got pregnant whilst he was in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like so she and she, but she idolized him. She believed everything. Yep. It's the it's the same. It's like you could ask the same for women who follow a cult leader. Like why? It's because they see something that they admire and that they want to be part of, and they'll do anything to like follow it blindly. Blindly. Yeah. It's crazy, but isn't I don't, it? don't necessarily think it's just a female thing, but... No, 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 it's, it's definitely not, because, like... Because um, there are many females out there who would just, just, I think be, it's just be, you know, find the, his behaviour abhorrent. Oh, oh, of course, of course, of course. This is just one small instance of this. This is not... Mm. And likewise, we did a, a podcast on um, uh, Joanne Dennehy, I believe that's her second name. She was... Uh, the Peterborough Dis- Ditch Murders, uh, episode 100 and something that we did, and... Um, she was like a crazy sexual deviant, would stab herself whilst having sex with guys. And every bloke that she bedded said that she was amazing. And like when I put the pictures up of her, like with slashed up stomach and like some of the like lads were going, yeah, she's all right, man. And I'm like, it's the allure of the danger, I suppose. I think, yeah, it's like... I don't know. Yeah. Dan- I suppose the, the... Yeah, you're right. It's like that... People fall for the dangerous, yeah. pe- you know, they like, they find that 
sexually arousing or whatever. Yep. And I think also, you know, for some young women, it's just like they get caught up in the hype. They don't necessarily fully understand what's well, actually. Yeah, they're done. not really thinking about what it's it is. It's difficult to understand, like to like fully get your head around anyway. Regardless of your of whatever age you are, but if you're like 18, I could imagine you, you hear things like what what Bundy did, but it's hard to truly appreciate what he did until you've lived longer. I yeah. think. Like I, I think that, do you know what I mean? Well, probably not uh, worried. And that. also, you know, the well, Bundy was char. I spe- for Bundy, it's it's obvious because he had like he was charming, and he, you know, there was something about him that made people, you know, because. A lot of Apparently psychopaths Ramirez are like that. Was. Apparently, Ramirez was psychopaths are like charming. that. They, they, they have this this inner inner ability to charm people into thinking in 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 their own way. So manipulation. He's very good at manipulating. So I think he, you know, like you say, he was really manipulating the the whole trial to his own advantage, regardless of whether he he thought he could get out of it or not. He's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna. It make, was a stage. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna use it as a stage. I'm gonna make myself feel good about it whilst I'm here. I mean, if you think if you take yourself out of whilst out I'm in the limelight, because it won't last. If you, yeah, I know, but if you t- kind of like if you took yourself out of the. Um the, the horrors of what he did and if he was desperately seeking some form of recognition or fame I mean I'm the night stalker tell him I'm the night stalker and he knows previous serial killers that have come before him have had the, un, but, un, notorious maybe he thought this is my fucking chance man. if I stand on this on this in this court and I say some next level mad shit it'll, I'll be it cemented like, in serial killer fame it didn't seem like that was the reason his reasons to begin with in the start it seemed like he was just doing it because you know he had been brought up to think that all these violent things were normal and and fuck it i'm just gonna do it i don't get he like literally didn't give a shit i didn't care he obviously didn't give a shit about anything he was doing and but it seemed more like as he went on like through this rampage it was like he was gaining traction in the news people were like following it people were idolizing it to a point people you know there there would have been people out there doing that and he see, he he sees this kind of almost like following that he's getting because of it yeah and he starts to really revel in that and then you know obviously in the main a lot of people are very angry at him and like you say they nearly killed him because of it but, but he's only focusing on the small amount of positive that he's yeah. getting letters and, and proposals yeah that's the thing he probably would have been sent loads of posts and stuff from it's fucking mad, admirers isn't it? he was bags of it bags and bags because yeah people are like strange they you know they love to they love the to follow the danger and they want to be part of something that's happening that's like big and this you know, this is big like you said it was like all it was massive when well, it was it all was, going on it was at the time it was the most expensive trial in californian history it was like nearly four million so this was a massive deal why um, so much why because there were delays and um, there was i'm guessing so many crime scenes on oh, so many like it's just, yeah, just yeah. a massive Such case a huge he was he did a lot of delay evidence to go through and yeah 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 it's All enorm- of the witnesses and yeah, again, I yeah, can imagine. It's enormous. At uh, one point during the trial, one of the jurors um, just didn't turn up for for duty. Is that because they were fucking him? No, <laughs> no, it's because they were dead at home, shot in the head. 
and that shit everybody up because they were like, um, that follows pretty much what he did in quite a few cases. Is he pulling strings from inside? Has he got an army of followers outside that are killing people? Everyone was cacking their pants on the on the uh, on the jury. Did he just kill himself? No, no, no. No, it, no, it was a woman. It was oh, she it was a domestic. It turns out like a, her just husband a or boyfriend had shot her in the head. What the fuck are you drinking Jesus in the water over there, man? God. It was blasting each other in the well, head. Well, does the thing like he he. The problem is with with having guns so readily, you know, and, and ammo so readily available. Careful, you lose half of America. <laughs> no, I'm, Come on, I'm just saying it, it, if up. a domestic, like, whereas here, a domestic abuse could potentially wind up in stabbings. You just get hit with a tin of beans. Or, yeah, like plates or whatever, knives. Someone will push you, you over and gun, write a letter. Guns, guns are very much more successful at killing people. Well, M- except for apparently his, <laughs> his his gun is apparently really shit and doesn't kill it. Like, it only kills like half the people he shoots in the head. But That's fucking crazy. Um, I've never heard so many people survive headshots. Yeah, it was the calibre of weapon. Ever. <laughs> it's like shit. It you know, like that, that scene at the end of um, Fight Club where he shoots himself in the back of the head and you're like, is that possible <laughs> yeah. to survive that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it is, I suppose, yeah, that people is, do yeah. survive getting shot. Yeah. And imagine like being that person, like, yeah, I got shot in the head three times and, and I survived. And then I got only raped. <laughs> Fuck. And then I had to give him all my belongings. And then I no, went to the police. Didn't he shoot that guy? Like you said, he like shot him in the head three times and then more Sh- in his shot, body. And shot then him in the head. <laughs> yeah, and then he attacked He attacked Ramirez. And Ramirez was shooting at him and he was dodging and him like fucking alive. Neo from the Matrix. Yeah, and then he yeah. kicked, and then he engaged in an actual physical battle with him. Got shot two more times. Ramirez went, eventually, I'm going to jet. Yeah, eventually you're going to like go around enough people. Like, because clearly he's like, it's, it's like what? 30, 40 people he's killed or whatever Four- more. 14. Well, they think. Oh, 14. Oh, it sounds like more than that when you go through I did through try and rattle through him because there's a quite a few. But, um, all right, let's say 20 people. Like, you're going to hit You're gonna hit up some people that are going to fight back. Of course you are. Everyone. Like, eventually, you give them a you're going to get back. some people that will really... F- like, because if you pick older, older people that are... Even you, them, man. Get punched well, off a of granddad. But Good night. Well... It's crazy, isn't it? That, you know, he was more successful at his older killings than he was yes. the younger ones. It seems like a lot of the younger people always su- seem to survive. Because I think they moved quicker. Yeah. Able to dodge or, he left, or he left them alive more often than the, the older people. Maybe he was more excited because it was more of a fight. Yeah, like you say, he tied up that woman and his kid and like said, I'm the night, you know, left them alive. It's crazy, isn't it? Even if you fucked him up in the process, still oh, properly, mentally and physically, then none, none of these people recover from any of this. There's no hundred percent recovery. Well, no, you don't. Not from something that traumatic. So on the 20th of September 1989, uh, Ramirez was um, convicted for 13 counts of murder, five counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault, and 14 counts of burglary, and he got 19 life sentences. Jesus. What's I mean, what's the fucking Well, point? that's just like, that's a real life sentence. I hate that. It really annoys me. Yeah, you get a life imprisonment. That's like, what, 15 years? That's not life. That's no, you put you put a 20-year-old in prison for 15 years. That is not life. How old is he by that point? He like was 20? in his mid-20s. I think he was yeah, like 25. Yeah. Or oh, no, at this point, he's probably, yeah, he's, he's past 25. I don't know. Uh, when was he born? 1960? So he's tw- tw- uh, 30, 29 at this point. So, but you know, to give him fifteen years, he ain't that ain't his life. It, it Nineteen life sentences. Well, that's that is life, and, isn't and, it? That's and, his whole life. You never get out. Um, no obs- parole. 
no, no. And, it, and he was, he, then he was, I think he was sentenced to death because it, when he heard the verdict, right, it's, I mean, it's completely crazy. He said, he said, big deal, death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. <laughs> what? Okay. What did you say, mate? Um, and unfortunately, it never actually came to any form of execution because with the multiple appeals and delays filed by his defence team to buy time, and that's the only reason why they're doing it, Ramirez eventually died... Um, on June the 7th, 2013, due to complications from secondary uh, uh, like lymphoma, from some oh, form of cancer, like cancer, B-cell lymphoma, yeah. So he basically got away. They couldn't go away with it. He got well, sent to prison. Pr- and, and he then was he in just prison until yeah, but he, he died. D- yeah, but that's not... That's I not mean... Pr- he, he had a better life in prison in regards to well, yeah, regular food, yeah, regular yeah. drink, and it got him off drugs. He, he, that was, he got away with it. I think when people are in such bad conditions in their life, literally homeless with nothing left, and well, they're fucking yeah. psychos, people they might as well just do it. Because what you can do, get a meal on an at Xbox. At the end, the end of the day, the roof over your head. People care. P- people are caring for him in prison, helping We're him, help feeding him, cooking for him, giving him food, like giving the, him washing his clothes, washing his bedding, checking you know, in on him. Like the the staff, you know, they're not looking after him because he's in prison, but that's more looking after than he's ever had in his whole life. Yeah, yeah. He's had, to, he's had to fucking fend for himself the whole fucking time. So, yep. like you say, it's probably actually, yeah, he's he a, has better, got a life. better life. He, he has got a better and life than he would have done. He would have been dead. If he stayed out, he'd been dead of a drug overdose. You know, cancer got him. He was end. mad, though, because in prison, it, it was like, I think it was Sean Penn that was actually banged up in the same prison as him. And he said that he, Ramirez used to like rattle on the, the cell door. I'm pretty sure it was it's one of them celebrity ones. Like, rattle on the cell doors. One of them celebrities. He said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to come and get you. So he used to just fuck me all the time. <laughs> fucking hell. Well, Fuck. So that's Richard Ramirez. He's, he's uh, yeah, very mentally disturbed. Incredibly person. mentally disturbed. Like off his tits. But even when he's not off his tits, because he's obviously not off his tits in prison, still like fucking with people's heads, isn't he? Yep, he certainly is. Um, so there you go. There's the pod. No Rob again this week. Um, like I said at the beginning, yeah. we've got a Rob pod to come out yeah. during the week. We've got another one. We got uh, another three or four. It's just a different, different setup for a bit. Yeah. Obviously, you know, times are and we're not tricky. Men- we're not mentioning the big C on this one. We're no, trying like to get I mean, it. <laughs> trying to get her through a day, like just one day without talking about it. it's really difficult. This has been a bit of light relief actually, yeah, talking <laughs> about horrific bludgeoning rapes and murders and necrophilia. It's, it's been just a something nice, different. A nice to bit think of about light or relief. I think we're all a bit over like. We're a bit des. I like I, you know, you say it was terrible, but like you're a bit desensitized to death right now because it's just everywhere. Oh, ten thousand dead. Huh. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Well, only, only fourteen people who died. <laughs> yeah, we were shitting. Us. No, we're talking about it again now. We're not talking about it. No. Nope. Uh, okay, so um, yeah, keep your uh, eel ears peeled, I suppose. Your, your eels. Get those eels out get your, get and your then <laughs> peel them on your head and then. Uh, and then listen to more, more Robots Arise. <laughs> more stuff coming uh, your way in the next week. Um, get us on all social media. You know what to do. Robots for Eyes. And we'll see you at some point in the next few days. ta a bit. Don't catch it. <laughs>